Where shall you call if your child gets sick on a Friday afternoon in Denmark? And how does the Danish healthcare system work in practice? How do you for instance choose a family doctor? And what is the role of your general practitioner? How do you get referred to medical specialists? And where can you find information about how to contact a specialist once you have been referred to one? My guest in this podcast is medical doctor Maria Holmegosörnsen. We have we are two doctors and three nurses, so we have quite a large number of patients every day. Maria is a general practitioner and she is the owner of the medical clinic Probleene, which is situated in a village close to Unse here in Denmark. In this podcast, I visit Maria at her clinic and Maria shares information about how the Danish healthcare system works in practice. My name is Astrid Hovland and this podcast belongs to the Expert Life in Odense podcast series. Links and phone numbers mentioned during this podcast are available in the show notes. We are standing in the waiting room of my clinic. Here the patients are greeted. Uh, we have a scanner here, so when you when you come here, you take out your yellow card and you scan it. That is uh, that is the way that we that we know that people have arrived and then they are registered. We have the the desk here uh, with our secretary on the other side, and a lot of people come here with questions, um, making appointments, renewing prescriptions. Yeah, any sort of problems that they need to uh, to get sorted or to get fixed. That is where it starts. And um, the clinic, we have we are two doctors and three nurses, so we have quite a large number of patients every day. Normally, we have around um, 50 to 60, 70 people going in and out uh, our doors every day. So, um, so it's a very busy place. And then we have a long hallway where we have our offices um, yeah and mine is at the end so let's go back. Yeah. so when you're in Denmark you have this yellow card yeah when you got your CPR number mm-hmm. everything is by CPR number here in Denmark so you get the yellow card by mail it's like a little plastic cord, it's still on the front and it states your name and CPN number and your address and then in the top is the name of your doctor and the phone number of your doctor. So if you move here, the municipality would just, you know, get your doctor if you don't take an active choice in, in choosing your own doctor. So if you're in doubt, always look at the yellow card then you can see the name and number of your doctor and um, and a good thing is to always call early because uh, if you have an acute problem that could be an infection that you needed to check out at the same day you mean early in the morning yeah early yeah. in the morning yeah. always early what time yeah call? they start calling from eight o'clock from eight o'clock most doctor's clinics have the doctors on the phone between eight and nine, and then from nine on, it's the secretaries. And of course, you can also call after nine and get an appointment. So if you know from the morning there's something wrong, you need to get it checked out, a call right away. Mm-hmm. Of course, if something happens at two o'clock in the afternoon, you have to call also. We take care of the patients between eight and uh, eight morning and four o'clock in the afternoon. So of course, there will always be somebody there picking up the phone, making a plan, 
what to do. But Can you also but, call during lunch hour? So. Yeah, and if uh, if there's lunch hour, either they would have, you know, switching it to a mobile phone, so the secretary will uh, take the mobile phone within for lunch. So so um, so we the, the phones are never down. We are small for small clinic, only two doctors. So in the afternoon, we join up with uh, three more clinics. So every day, there's a new doctor here in the area sitting there waiting for the phone calls. Is that after four o'clock? No, uh, for us, that is between uh, one and four in the afternoon. But there will always be a guidance on a voicemail on how to and where to call. And and Mm. so, so if you call in the afternoon and you get this voicemail then hear it through because in the end of that voicemail you will get the phone number uh, for where to call if it's an emergency call 112 so if it's not a medical emergency then it is your own doctor or Levakten's uh, number mm-hmm. because then you get to speak with a doctor where shall I call if my child gets sick on a Friday afternoon at on, a, on a Friday afternoon so if you're child gets sick Friday afternoon after four o'clock in the afternoon. Then you have to call to Levakten. Levakten is what you can call doctors on call. Uh, they take take care of, of the patients uh, when your own doctor is not available because I have the obligation as a family doctor to take care of my patient every day, Monday to Friday, eight morning to four o'clock in the afternoon. So if it's past that, you have to call Levakten. And here, there are one number in Region Sud Denmark. Each region in Denmark has its own doctors on call and they have organized it differently. But here in Region Sud Denmark, uh, which is Fyn and the south of Jylland, you have to call uh, one number. And then when you call that number, it's 7011 and and if you can remember that you can just google it google Levakten Region Sudanmark and then the number will pop up as the first thing so you just call that number and then you get a doctor in the other end of the phone just like me taking the medical history asking what it's all about it's always a good thing to measure a temperature on your baby, especially if it has a fever, because we use those kinds of information to make a diagnosis or to see, okay, can this wait? Do we need to see the child this evening? Or So we use the information to make a plan. And if the doctor that's on the other end of the phone, Levakten, that we would like to see the child, then you would be asked to go to one of the consultation rooms that we have we have in Odense and Fabo and Svendborg and so we have different kind of places in uh, on Fyn and you have to be there at a certain time. So if you agree, um, then the doctor will say, yeah, you have to come, you have to come tonight at 8.15. So you will go to, to the clinic and then you will meet another doctor. Then you will meet a doctor that will make the examination and maybe if your child needs antibiotics they will write out the prescription and then you could go to the pharmacy and pick up the prescription and if it's too late at the pharmacies are closed then they will have medicine to uh, get you through to the next morning so you can go to the pharmacy there so we have a 24 hour round o'clock uh, service from eight to four o'clock on a weekday your own doctor from four o'clock to eight next morning, uh, Levakten, and then round the clock in the weekends. 
it's also there if you have tripped over something and and your ankle is swollen and you maybe you think okay maybe it's broken you also have to call that number because they also book for the emergency rooms because our emergency rooms here in in region Denmark are also through that telephone and then you would be booked for one of the emergency rooms get a time that you have to be there and the system works um, I think very well but mm. you just have to know mm. how, how it works, it works. how yes. it works yes so if you know those three phone numbers the phone number for your own doctor the phone number for Leewagen and also 112 for the emergency then you have the three phone numbers that you need and I I think it's a good thing to have them on your phone then Yeah, you don't have to look anything up. They're just there when you need them. And the 70 number, is it for only for Funen or Region Southern Denmark? That is only for Region Sud Denmark. So you need to have a different number if you're a different part of Denmark. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah. so if you go to uh, to Region Norjuland, there's a different number. Yeah. So you have to to know what region you are in mm-hmm. in and uh, in Denmark um, and you could also be on holiday in in yeah Norland and just get a, th- a sore throat or un- urinary tract infection during the day and then you have to f- to find on the on the net the nearest doctor's clinic and just call them because of course we also see tourists here during the summertime so so when they call our clinic they will also be booked like our own patient also if people are in from abroad so yeah if your parents come visiting you mm-hmm. and if they're from another eu country make sure that they bring their the blue card mm-hmm. because then they can also visit us for cute medical things for free because then i take a copy of the blue card and then i send it to um to region Denmark, and then it, they will pay for it but if you have people from non-European countries, then you have to pay for the consultations. And then it's always a good thing to ask on the phone what what is the cost for the consultation mm-hmm. and then bring the money because... The How much is it usually for COVID? That is different from clinic to clinic. Okay. Yeah. So ask in advance if, if you're non-European and if you're European... And if people have insurance from abroad, traveling insurance. Yeah, so then they, then also it. yeah, then then they have to expect to to pay first, and then they mm. have to. But then, of course, they get documentations with them that they've been here, so they can get their money back from mm. the insurance company. But uh, the the yellow card, if you have a CPR number, or the European health insurance card, if you're an EU citizen. The secretary, and then we have. Uh, this is one of our nurses. It's a big room, and um, the nurses uh, they do a lot of routine checkups um, with uh, hypertension, uh, high blood pressure, um, type 2 diabetes, all of that routine checkups. But they also do a lot of other things. They they do. Um, Small wounds, what, uh, throat infections, lung infections, things that are not that complicated. They get the patients ready, they take the blood samples, get everything ready, and then we come in and then we make a plan. So um, it's a very dynamic relationship between our, our nurses and us. We work, we work like you would do maybe at the hospital because we are in and out of each other's offices all the time. That we help them and. They help us. 
So, um, and I like that way to um, to uh, to be working, connecting, to be able to make plans together and get problems solved or fixed, because that is what we do here: solving problems and coming up with solutions many times every day. What is the difference between the general practitioner and the specialist? There's actually no difference, mm. not in Denmark. To be a general practitioner in Denmark is as much as a speciality here in Denmark as it is to be a cardiologist or a neurologist. So I have as long as a training period as a cardiologist, but I've trained in something different. Mm. I've also trained in hearts, but I've also trained in a lot of other things that I have to go through with my training to becoming a general practitioner. Mm. So overall, we are both specialized but just in very different fields. So what is the medical background um, of the general practitioner? First of all you have to go to medical school and in Denmark that is a one package deal so when you get into university and you get into medical school it's all six years that you agree upon so you don't have to apply after your bachelor you just in the grade school automatically. So it's six years of studying at the university. I studied in, in Unze at the uh, University of Southern Denmark. And then afterwards you're done with the university, if you got your medical degree, then to becoming a doctor that can have the responsibility of taking care of patients, you have to have one year of basic training. So you have six months uh, that could be in an ER where you have the kind of emergency, you learn about yeah, making decisions, how to becoming a doctor. And then you have six months of, um, that could be six months as a general practitioner, but that could also be six months in the psychiatric ward. But when you finish that first year of basic training, then you are qualified to uh, be able to take care of patients on your own. Not that you have unlimited, there's restrictions and you need guidance, but then you can take, uh, make some decisions uh, on your own. Uh, the first year is always under supervision. Um, so I, four years, so first you do six years? Uh, yes, uh, six years? years at the university. Mm -hmm. And then one year of basic training, and then you have what we call intro stillinger. And they are basically one year, um, uh, one year positions, uh, uh, in different specialities that uh, where you where you work at either at the hospital or if it's a, a family practice you to work in a in a clinic, but it's a full whole year that you have to complete. And when you have completed that year in a speciality, then you can apply for the four year position in the same speciality, which is a little bit harder to uh, uh, to get depending on the speciality. Some specialities are very popular and some are not. I like the system because during that one year position you get to know the speciality and you can see if that is something for you. So before I um, applied for the four year position in um, general practice, I had one year position in oncology and I also had one year position with uh, lung diseases. Okay. pulmonology. I so think. you can try different specialities yeah. by this one-year position yeah. before you choose the final. Yeah. 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 So um, 
And then finally, and I also had the one-year position in, yeah, in, in family medicine. Mm. And then I applied for the four-year position as, a, as in Danish we call it admin medicine. And then uh, to become a family doctor, I had uh, both a position in different clinics here on Fyn. And then I had uh, quite an intensive training at different hospital ward. Uh, it was I had medicine for six months and uh, abdominal and orthopedic surgery. I had uh, six months of gynecology and um, obstetrics, uh, six months psychiatric department, and then I had six months with uh, the children's department. So I know a lot about a lot of things. I have a broad knowledge over many medical fields, but not that deep. Like if you were to go to a specialist in, let's say, gynecology. But the thing that I'm trained in is to find the when things are not normal. In most countries, when you get pregnant, you would start to go to an obstetrician. But in Denmark, that is actually my job. And it's not my job to take care of difficult pregnancies, but my job is to do the routine checkups on the pregnant women and then find the ones that need to be followed by obstetricians. And that works really well. Yeah. But I could imagine if you're coming from another country and you're used to going to a specialist that you maybe would have some, not anxiety, but think, is this working? Is she qualified enough to be able to take care of my pregnancy? Or is she, is she qualified enough to to take care of my children and I would say we are and what we also qualified in is to see when something is not normal both in pregnancy but also when when they come here with the newborn babies or with the older children that is what we look for because if things are just fine and normal we use our resources and our specialists for when things are not normal that is how it works mm-hmm. I meet people, I'm the first contact with the healthcare system and through conversations and uh, how they present the symptoms, I make a decision if, if everything is not okay, but if we can solve the problem here or they need to go directly to the hospital or maybe be uh, referred to an outpatient clinic also at the hospital. So, so we sort the problems and put them into order so the hospitals and the specialists are not overflown with kind of banal examinations and questions and then we send them to the hospital that need to go to the hospital. How do you know if a person needs to go and when it's not? The- I've, I've been working at the hospital, so mm. of course I've been working what we call, the, yeah, in other countries you would call it the ER, but uh, yeah, in Denmark we have this large part of the hospital where all patients come in. They come in with when they're called not 911 in Denmark, but 112, uh, when they have a medical emergency, uh, when people are referred from their own doctors, uh, they can have maybe an infection that is so severe that they need to be treated with antibiotics through um, a drip, or old people that are dehydrated. So I've been working at the hospital to really to get a feeling of what do people look like when they're sick. Yeah. I, I use that ability every day and that is one of my most persist tools is that to to see, to look, 
sometimes people just have to walk down to my office here and I can see that something is completely wrong because I know my patients, I see them some patients I see a lot, some very seldom, but sometimes you just have to look at a person and you can see how they walk and how they breathe just to see. If, and all those small things, that is something that just when I see it, I know. Then I start, okay, how severe is that? Okay, how is he breathing? I have routines for everything that I go through in my head while the patient is sitting there and things I need to, small boxes that I need to have checked to see if they need to be admitted to the hospital. What, what, and the checkboxes, is, yeah. is that something that we shouldn't hear about because then people will be nervous that, oh, I have something, or could you share some of the things that you look for? If a patient comes in here and say, I, I can't breathe, Mm -hmm. That can be many things. That can be just a mild case of allergies or that could also be meaning a fluid in the lungs. So that is how, because sometimes people present us with symptoms in a way, sometimes they overdo the symptoms, but sometimes they also understate their symptoms. And uh, and sometimes people sit here in the chair and they think that they are here because of their back pains, and then they start talking about that every for every hundred meter they have to take a break, and because then it starts hurting. And then I know that uh, it's not the back pains that we're going to talk about today. It's it's the pain in their legs when they have um, some. So sometimes people that doesn't always present themselves or the symptoms very good. And that is my responsibility. It's never the patient's responsibility to make a thorough, thorough medical history or doing a thorough checkup and to make the diagnosis and to see whether or not I think that the symptoms are bad or moderate or severe. So, but that is what I do with every patient, and it doesn't matter who sits in the chair. I will always do that checkup to see, if, to uh, so I don't miss anything, mm -hmm. because it's important. It's important that people can trust me, that they can trust my decisions, because if they don't trust me, first of all, they would, uh, yeah, change to a new doctor. So I make my living in making the right decisions so people trust me and they will they come here again and again and again with the problems. And knowing your patients really makes the difference because it, it helps knowing your patients. It helps knowing them when they are feeling all right because uh, uh, then you can definitely see people that you've known for years. It's not a problem to see if they're not all right because uh, sometimes you can just see it when they sit in the chair. What we have here, this is our yeah, this is actually the heart of, uh, of the clinic because this is where we have all our supplies for taking blood samples. Um, and over here, that is where we do, we, we can do a few blood tests. We can check for what we call infection count. That is, that is a, a, a small blood sample. So we can see if we think that isn't a, a, an infection caused by a bacteria or or by a virus, because that is, for us, is important to know if people need antibiotics or not. And we can, um, uh, and, and some other small things that we can measure, but if we need anything else, 
we will uh, we will send we send the blood tests or to the to the hospital twice a day and then we get the results back in in 24 hours or less so so the system works really really well so um so i'm in this room many many times in a day the pool room yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's not the uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a combination room yes yeah what is it called the pool no oh, yeah the pool yes yeah mm -hmm. uh, but uh, some may would maybe call it um, uh, the laboratory or the laboratory. yeah yeah but uh, but we don't call it that fancy something that fancy when it comes to family medicine and when women are pregnant, yeah. should they choose a gynecologist? Uh, you, you cannot really choose a gynecologist in Denmark because I am in charge for the routine checkups. I have a checklist with every visit. We have there are three visits. When you are pregnant and you find out, you need to make an appointment with us because we take blood samples, we make the papers, so the pregnancy can be registered at the hospitals. You can get the dates for your scan and the dates for uh, midwife visits and that is all uh, coordinated at the hospital. So, But they don't know that you're pregnant before they get the papers from us. So, so when you're pregnant, call us and make an appointment for making the pregnancy papers and then we have a routine checkup in week 25 and week 32 where we check up to see if uh, the blood type in the mother check up on protein in the urine to see if there's any traces of that the blood pressure we see if the stomach is growing accordingly we talk with the woman see if how she's everything is going okay yeah, because uh, most pregnancies are just normal, fine pregnancies. But our job is also yeah, to find if anything is not going right and they need to be referred to the hospital. And some uh, pregnant women are referred up front when I do the papers. If you had a difficult first pregnancy, uh, uh, if you have any medical history, so you need to be followed in a specialist outpatient clinic during the pregnancy. If there was anything wrong with the baby in your first pregnancy, then sometimes you also need to, to be monitored more closely. It also could be for social reasons. If, if you need help during the pregnancy, and you don't really have resources uh, or need support, that could also be a reason that you would uh, be at the hospital. So, so it is for me to find out during that interview or conversation that we have to start off with in mm. which category yeah, you, are. you are. Yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with the uh, children examinations. We have a children examination program. It's optional. Most parents choose to do it because most parents would like to know how their children are getting on and growing and how they are developing. So uh, most parents say yes to that program. And it's uh, at certain weeks, uh, week five, five months, one year, two year, three year, four year, five year. It, the last examination is when the, the children are five years. And at some examinations, there's also vaccinations, uh, the child vaccination program here in Denmark. Some uh, vaccinations are without also an examination and some examinations are without vaccination. We offer a full program with examinations and vaccinations uh, for our children. So there are no pediatricians? There are, yeah. but like everything else, we use the pediatricians 
That's for, for special cases. Yeah, for the yeah. special cases. And not for when children are growing normally and developing normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I refer a lot of children to pediatricians, and both in private practice but also at the hospitals, for problems that, that need to be looked at on a specialist level. Mm-hmm. But if a normal child that is developing normally and having a good childhood, that is something that it stays here in the, in the clinic. Which vaccines are offered and what time should the vaccines take place? When uh, you have delivered your baby. At week five, there's the first checkup at the doctor. Uh, so that is something that you have to remember. For the mom, it's week eight after birth. That's the last checkup after. And for the baby, it's five weeks. And then at five weeks examination, you will get the, the first appointment for the first vaccination. And the first vaccination is when the child is three months old. If you go to Sundhusdjörsen, or if you Google child vaccination program, then you can see the full program. The reason why we have uh, the child vaccination program is to enhance the health with the babies and uh, or, or kids and reduces the risk of getting uh, very infectious diseases that, that could place their life at risk or make them really ill and then potentially give them things that they have to live with their whole life and therefore reduce their life quality. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say most Danish parents, they let the kids vaccinate. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. And of course, you have a choice as a parent not to get your child vaccinated, but very few parents do that. And it's your as a parent, you need to be the one making the appointments for yeah. the vaccinations and the checkups. Yeah, but uh, a good rule is that when your when your child has a birthday from uh, one to five years around the birthday, you need to uh, to call and make an appointment mm. uh, uh, with the doctor. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so birthdays for children in Denmark are equal uh, a doctor's visit. Remember, yes. Yeah. And if you if you forget any vaccinations, stay at the CM Institute, the institute that monitors all vaccinations. They have started sending out letters to parents in the e-box because when I do the vaccination, I register them, and then when they can see that for this and that child, that that vaccination isn't registered, they will send a parent a letter to say, is it true that your child hasn't had its uh, five years uh, vaccination? And maybe it has, but not been registered, or maybe the parents forgot. And then it was a good remembrance to uh, to call the doctor's office and make an appointment. Okay. And then I had the last, uh, the last uh, vaccination. And over here we have a microscope, and the microscope we use to uh, when people have symptoms of a urinary tract infection, they make a urine sample, and then we can actually check right away if we can see uh, bacteria in the urine. And and if we can that, we can start um, a treatment right away. So it's it's very effective and and very low-key, just to, to look in the microscope and see if you see bacteria. Sometimes you don't click with your doctor. Yeah, the chemistry is not right. Maybe you don't feel that you can communicate. Um, or maybe something's gone wrong, that you thought that the, that the quality was not good enough. Then you're not stuck 
with each other. But it's you as a patient that needs to to make an active choice to change doctors. And where you change doctors, because you cannot choose all clinics. I have a maximum for patients, and when my maximum is reached, then I cannot take any more patients. But if you go on the on the webpage called bower.dk, and so you need to log on with your NIMID, and then you have to go to where it says uh, doctors and health. Then you will get a list. You can choose Odense. And then all the clinics that are open for patients, they would be there. And all you need to do is to choose the new clinic. And then, of course, sign with your NMED to confirm that you really want to, to do this. And then it costs a small amount. And that is for the new yellow card. And then the change happens automatically and then you will have the new ill cord sent to you and then you have the new doctor. Yeah, so that is how you do it. So how long time does it take, do you think? Mm. From you change the doctor till you get the new card? That is in weeks, but you can have changed on the net before the, mm. the card arrives. Will you be notified in e-box maybe? Yeah, Or yeah, you will, yeah, yeah. And we will also get a notification. Mm -hmm. So I also get a notification in the clinic's e-box. So I get a notification that a new patient has arrived or somebody has left. And then you also agree to if we can send your your medical history on to the next doctor. And then we will, of course, when I get that notification in my e-box, both on paper, if there is an old paper file, we'll send it by the mail, or otherwise we'll send the whole medical file through the system to the new doctor. So If they, if they say that. Yeah, if, if you allow that. But I think it's a good idea, because it's a good idea for the new doctor to be able to see what kind of examinations have you been through, just to get to know you. Mm. A little bit, and also sometimes you need to, for new problems, you need to make a resume or you need to find old information that is in your medical file, and then it's a very, it's very helpful to have your medical file. So yeah, mm -hmm. so that is how you do it. Bauer.com, another web page people have to look up and just to be familiarized with is. Sundhed.dk mm -hmm. and Sundhed.dk that is um, the health department this is their web page and this is the information that you as a citizen here in Denmark needs to know about the public health care system I look at the web page now and in the top there's something called BOA that you can click on and when you click on that you can roll down the screen and there's this grey area where it's called Find Behandler It's kind of find your specialist. And if, uh, that is a really good search tool to know because where to find a specialist? If you've been here with back pains and I've said, okay, you can go find a physiotherapist. And okay, because it's your responsibility to get in contact. If I referred you to a gynecologist or that's not at the hospital. If I referred you to the hospital, The hospital will send out a letter in your e-box. But if I've referred to to a specialist, many ear, nose, and throat doctors in Denmark have their own clinics, and also gynecologists and neurologists have their own clinics, small clinics. Then it's your responsibility to find a doctor, or find a psychologist, or a physiotherapist. And okay, so where to find it? Of course, you can look up at Google, but Google will only get you. The five or ten uh, most popular hits. But if you use 
feltbehandler. Then every physiotherapist will be there. Every ear, nose and throat doctor will be there. And what is very great about this is that they have to include uh, how long their waiting list is. So you go to sunhet.dk and yeah. then you click on... On, fi- on, on Fitbehandler. And, and you have to scroll down. It's in the middle of the web page. And then you click mm-hmm. on Behandler and then it's in Danish. It says physiotherapist, gynecologist, chiropractor, neurologist, and then you click on that, and then you go to another. It can look a little bit confusing at first, but if you just play with it a little bit and get to know it, it's not that difficult. Just look up what the name is in in Danish. In Danish. So here we yeah. So we say Region Syd Denmark, neurologist. There is in in, with their own clinic in Region Syd Denmark, but you can also go down on a uh, commune on uh, municipality uh, level and uh, and then you can choose the four uh, clinics that's uh, here in mm. in Unze. when you click on this then you get uh, information about addresses the phone numbers when to call when the uh, reception is open if they have a web page there's a link also mm. that you can click and go to the web page for the clinic so Bauer, Finnbehandler, that is really helpful. And next to Finnbehandler, and that is of course, it's in Danish, but maybe you know somebody who can translate a little bit or or you through time gets more familiar with Danish. Then there's something called Patienthandbogen, the patient's handbook. Everything about diseases, it says. So if you have a question about absolutely anything, okay, your, your daughter is in kindergarten and they have lice. Okay, what to do? Mm-hmm. What what are the guidelines for getting rid of lice? Because, okay, yeah. Then again, you can look up at Google and get maybe 10 or 15 different ways. But if you write loose here, then you will get a really thorough both description of what to do and of all the things with you know the laundry and and with the the shampoo and everything and there will be a video maybe about how to do combing of the hair all done very professionally and you can rely on the advices you get in there you can trust it because yeah, it's patient yeah because it's all supervised and all checked both by health professionals and supervised by the health authorities so um, yeah it can be anything but uh, yeah lies and, and it's in danish that is in danish so, so you need to google translate yeah google <laughs> translate yeah um it is in Danish, and I cannot see that there is no there is no English. And yeah, and another web page now with um, that is you know during this Corona virus mm. times, the health department, Sundhusstyrelsen, they have if you go to what is called sst.dk, they have really well working web page also in English about the coronavirus about everything about what to do where to get information what the guidelines are right now and so you just click here information on COVID-19 in English and then Mm. information about that changes all the time so that is a good so so there will always be the news guidelines in there in the SST yeah. DK. Yeah. I just uh, want to mention uh, two apps that you can download for your phone. Uh, one app is uh, Min Le, where you can write 
with your doctor, small messages uh, in there. You can see the appointments that you have made with your doctor. You can see if there are any referrals to any specialists uh, made by your doctor. And you can also see uh, vaccinations if there are any vaccinations registered. That can be useful to download and the other app that is useful to download is uh, Medicine Corded. It's an app. You also log on with your NIMID and in that app you can see what medications that your doctor has prescribed and you can also renew medications uh, directly into the computer system. So you don't have to if you are short on uh, medicine for hypertension or any other kinds of medicine that you use on a regular basis, you can make a request for, for new prescriptions. Some medications you cannot renew without turning up at the doctor's uh, office and that is uh, strong pain medications and medications for anxiety. But otherwise, that is also a useful app to know. We eat lunch together every day in our kitchen and that is important. It's important to sit down every day, especially when you work with people. Sit down and eat together and talk and not talk about uh, illnesses to sick people, but to talk about what is happening in our day-to-day -day life because it's very important that we all feel comfortable with each other because if we don't, we are such a tight unit. We are only five people. We need to we, we rely on each other a hundred percent every day. So so lunch every day and we make a, a rather big lunch. We make a, a smurple every day with which are open faced sandwiches. So so we eat pickle herring <laughs> and lax and uh, yeah. It's our, our treat every day. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> okay. Is there something else that parents should remember regarding their general health for their families while they're living in Denmark, something that we haven't covered. Mm. Your life in Denmark with children would be in close contact with the kindergartens and in close contact uh, with the schools and uh, there will be specially trained nurses. They have an extra education with focus on children and they will come out to the schools also to make examinations but you would always get a letter from the school saying that this and that they, and they do special checkups in at certain points in uh, time yeah then there's uh, with um, uh, with dentists dentists for children up to 18 years are free dentist clinics are mostly in connections with schools and uh, the dentists are employed by also the commune the municipalities and uh, and up until you're 18, they're for free. After 18, there's a copay. You have to pay something, and then there's also from Susikring or the, the, the public health insurance, they pay something. But uh, the dentists, psychologists, physiotherapists, chiropractors are with a copay. Some people, if they are employed in, uh, in larger companies, have a private health insurance and then the owner of the private health insurance could get the, uh, their expenses covered for a chiropractor or for a physiotherapist. So, so 
not all in regarding to health are completely free, but all regarding to your health, your doctor's visits, also visits to uh, to gynecologists that are for free, visits at the hospitals that is for free. There's also copay for medications if you have prescriptions, but we have kind of like a system that everybody needs to pay up to a certain amount. Every Danish person has to do that when they have medication that are prescribed. But if you go over that amount, then then your amount that you have to pay will be less and less and less and less. That system goes for a whole year. So that year starts when you purchased your first prescriptive medicine. So that is very different from person to person. So you start out the year by paying a lot of money for your medication mm. and then you end up uh, the next year with paying minimum for your medications. If you have an expensive medicine, it's yeah. good to buy it at the end of the year. No, so. because you cannot, it will always go back. So you, you cannot, uh, and, and that is not allowed to buy, let's say, five packets of the bad the end no, of the no, year. No, 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 no. <laughs> that is not, because it, it has to be equal for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So some patients, some people don't use a lot of prescriptive medicine and they have to pay almost full price. Mm. And then those who have the largest bill they get the most help yeah and those with the most bills they have to pay almost full price so mm. so that is how it is and uh, if you have a chronic disease sometimes yeah. you yeah. can help or get some help as well yeah uh, if your medical bill is over a certain amount and i think it's right now eighteen thousand. And uh, then you will have also what is called chronic school, and that would kick in automatically uh, that uh, that you will get a huge reduction in your uh, medical bill. Then again, to reach the 18,000, you have the other system. The other system would kicks in, that is for everybody. Yeah. And then if, if you are in a certain group where you have really high medical, then you even have a greater reduction. Yeah. So, so hopefully... It should be an equal system for everybody. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all this information. Yeah, you're welcome. Is there anything you would like to add? No, no, <laughs> no, not right now. There's endless ways of talking about the health system and what to, but to be able to maneuver in the Danish health system really helps you a lot and helps your family to know what to do when the unexpected happens will make you a little bit more secure because when you know where to reach and where to get help i think that that is really important because then you can feel secure mm. no matter where you are in denmark yeah. and uh, and know that the, that the system works uh, and you can trust the system and you can trust the system yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not big brother but uh, <laughs> but uh, this is yeah this is yeah. how uh, this is this is this is a system maybe mm. not this is as a but this is how we how the system works in Denmark if you went to to Germany it would uh, it would be a different system but yeah mm. this is uh, this is how we navigated in Denmark um this is my room i've been a, a clinic owner for four years now and this has been my working space the whole time and it's quite a small room but at first I thought this was 
too small, but uh, but actually it it suits me and mm. I really like it. I have a large desk with my computer on, some different bits and pieces for doing medical stuff, but not a lot. A lot of my things they are just quite simple, and and you would be amazed how of yeah how much. I can use these few items uh, for and how much information that you can get out of it just by talking to people and um, getting to know them, getting to know their medical history and then form a picture in your head of what you think that is what is wrong and how I can help them. So this is my office. I have some flowers in uh, in the window, a picture of my children. I, I like that window because uh, in between patients, I've I actually use them as a kind of meditation space. So I look up there and I can just gather my thoughts a little bit before I move on to the next patient and the next problem. So, so I actually quite like my window. Yeah. <laughs> so you have uh, rock. That has been painted. Or yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a gift. One was a gift from a former nurse, and one was a gift from a former uh, secretary that yeah. I work with. Um, and then I have a, a, a hippo because that means a lot for us in our family. And then I have some some plants that that never our dies. Kids. Yeah, kids. yeah. And they and uh, and now they've been alive for four years. I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> You have been listening to an interview with Maria Holmegård-Sørensen, who is a general practitioner and the owner of Probeløene, a medical clinic close to Odense here in Denmark. In the next episode, you can meet Alexandra Jensen. At International Community Odense, we help um, the family who moved to Odense uh, because of uh, a job. So, for example, the husband gets a job in a company in Odense, the wife and the children follow, uh, or the other way around, of course. And we try to help them in as many aspects of their move or, or of their settling in as possible. Alexandra works as a spouse consultant at Unsa International Community, where she helps international accompanying partners to settle in Odense. My name is Jesse Jövlan, and this podcast belongs to the Expat Life in Odense podcast series. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.